I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst of Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, hitting that buzzer beater from 37 feet to give us the win. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm just waiting until next year, or maybe the year after that, in which Luka Doncic hits his step back three mm. to end yes. a playoff game. If we're ever lucky to end a playoff series, it's going to happen. Each team, the fact that you can look at the Mavericks and look how the roster is built right now and say, all right, we have our like our guy. Like, Yeah, Dame is a, a different level right now. But like, we have our guy that we can picture in these moments that we're, we're still not searching for that type of guy. And that our two main cornerstones can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. And that you're not sitting there looking, you know, how can we try to, (laughs) you're not Ben Simmons and you're trying to figure out what you can do around somebody who can't shoot or you're not Russell Westbrook who can't shoot either. And he can shoot more than Simmons, but very true. Very true. 30% is still, you know, 30% (laughs) more than than zero. (laughs) Yes. But no, I mean that shot by Dame is absolutely, I don't think I've cheered so much for a game or like a player that I don't have any like connection. Yeah. Connection or anything. Uh, My wife and I were watching it and I was like, (laughs) which is funny. Shout out to all the people who have tweeted at me and said, this is the, this is number zero that your mother-in-law said was pretty good. (laughs) When (laughs) my wife, (laughs) dude, I had so many people tweet at me about that. I I forgot about that. I, I thought I know I was laughing. My wife got a kick out of it too, so we were both laughing about it. But I literally jumped off my couch and was like, "Let's go! <laughs> this is awesome!" I ran to the corner of my office and just had to like scream into my hands because I didn't want to wake up my wife. <laughs> it was wild. I, Dame Lillard is my new favorite player in the NBA. It's been it's, <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I've loved Dame for a long time, but he's he's now a, last night even even before that, but last night established. So the Damian Lillard fun. approval rating, uh, I think going into the season, 1, it was Giannis. Percent. You know, Giannis <laughs> is like, nobody hates Giannis. I, Dame might be past Giannis right now at this current moment. I don't think anybody outside the Westbrook family hates uh, Damian Lillard right now. He's he's on a whole different level. And that shot, everything about the shot was insane. Um, the, the wave, top five moment of... I literally was like yelling out loud. He didn't. He waved. He waved. No way. He waved at him. And his stone cold look, the tweets after the game from everybody, the from memes. the Blazers, from the Blazers Twitter account, next question, from Cantor to Nurkic's shirt, <laughs> um, to which he I showed mean, up to the arena wearing. I mean, that's that's pretty ballsy. Yes, to to Damian Lillard's uh, you know quote tweet of Paul George's quote of LOL. That mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was yes, it was. Can we have a brief moment and say that Paul George wasn't completely wrong? That it was, it was a bad just the shot. wrong. 
it was just the wrong timing to say it, and you just don't you don't need to say it. That yeah, point. you don't need to say that there. Um, Damien, though, if you tried it the, in the video breakdown I did for Free Dawkins, one of the questions I asked in the my kind of uh, comment starter, like the 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 prompt. That's the word I was looking for. The comment prompt was how many players in the NBA could actually hit that shot. And I feel like if, even before that game, if you try to make a list of how many players can hit a shot like that, it would be Steph Curry, you know, James Harden, I guess Durant. I don't, I don't even feel like he has range like that, though. And then Lillard. There's only like three guys that can do that, and he's one of those three guys. It's not it's, – there's a lot of things that make that shot hard. But David yeah. Lillard's one of those guys that can hit it. He can hit it, yes, but he's shooting like like almost forty percent from thirty feet out. Yeah, but if you're starting a possession and you're saying it's the last shot of the game, and somebody says, "Don't take a bad shot," what would you define as a bad shot in that possession? A thirty-seven sidestep fadeaway. That would like he can hit it, and that's amazing, and it was a heck of a shot, but compared to, like, a drive or a get a little bit closer and a step back or something like that. Which they didn't even it was need just, the three. <laughs> yeah, it was just it a was, remarkable play time. by him. If he misses that shot, how many people are scrutinizing, especially if they're going to lose, how many people are scrutinizing and saying, come on, you got to get a better shot than that. I think something would have happened in overtime that would have been the conversation, though. Yeah, and I mean Paul George, like he didn't. It's not like he played it bad. He had his hand up. It was great a defense. It's just Damian Lillard's just on a whole different level right now. Yeah, it's wild. I'm excited to see them in the second round today on the podcast. We are going to look at some of these teams that have been eliminated, like the OKC Thunder, and look at some of the players that are going to be free agents on those teams, and then potential trades that the Mavericks could get involved with uh, with some of these these teams. I think I feel like a lot of it is free agents, but there is. Some trades here and there that can be made. Some teams that need to shake things up. It's a lot of people asking us on you know social media about you know these teams, especially Stephen Adams. I feel like everyone. Oh my gosh! It's just like a bunch of vultures. Like okay, okay, OKC failed. Okay, well we have to go get one of their players who who just got played out of a playoff series essentially. Yeah, at the end. I mean, there. and the fact that everybody's looking at OKC, looking at their caps. Their, their cap situation, and they're like, oh, would they really trade Russell Westbrook? Which they should. They probably won't. Uh, they're not getting rid of Paul George. All right, next guy, Steven Adams. That means the guy got rid of him. What can the Mavericks do? So, yeah, we we see your tweets, and we'll talk about it today. They should not trade Russell Westbrook. We're not doing this, but they should Yes, not. they should. No, they yes, should not. they should. No. He can't. Are you serious? Yes, if I'm he was absolutely standing- serious. He couldn't throw a baseball and hit American Airlines Center from Victory Avenue, like let alone hit a jump shot. And they're going to be paying forty-seven million when the best thing he could do is jump, and he ain't going to be able to jump when he's like eighty. When they're still paying him fifty million a year, no, they they got to keep him. They got they okay. have to keep him. Well, Bricktown and OKC fits him well. All right, they have to keep him. That's just that's what it is. They can't just like get rid of him all of a sudden. He is the th- he is the Thunder. Well, it depends on the value for sure. I wouldn't give him. I wouldn't dump him. There's some people are saying you couldn't even dump that contract right now. It's not. It's not John Wall. I think that, but I think they could still get good value for him right now. But they, that's where I differ with some people. They just cannot trade him. He's become that. He's become the franchise. <laughs> the franchise that can't get past the first round, though. Hey, like, do you do you want to be that franchise? I, I don't want to be this guy. But a lot of people said a lot of bad things about Dirk too in his career. 
Couldn't get past, couldn't get past these, this team. Couldn't do this. Couldn't do that. Had these deficiencies. Was soft. And all these things. And it took, you know, Dirk one run to prove everybody wrong. And I'm not, say, I'm not saying we, I'm not saying like Westbrook that. is Dirk, but I'm just saying that, you know, when a team and a, and a franchise are committed to each other like that, and then all of a sudden he shows some deficiencies, shows some, you know, that he's lacking in some areas, and then you're just like, okay, we're gonna give up on you. I, just, I I'm not in that category. It. I'm not saying dump. I'm not saying give up or done with you completely. I'm saying if you can get good value back for it, then yeah, because it looks like he, I mean, it's, there's not good signs pointing towards it. Yeah, right you're, now. So you're not going to get good value for him then. If it's but you know what? You knew Dirk was going to age well. Like that's my thing. Shooters, shooters yeah, different. Shoot. I'm not, I'm not, not comparing the two. I'm just saying that. Russ yeah. can't shoot. He never has been able to shoot. His main thing is his athleticism. That's the thing that goes. We all know that. So if like once his athleticism goes, what the crap are you gonna do? Talk crap? That's the only thing. You can rock a baby. Yeah, you can rock a baby. Probably your grandbaby because that's how old you're gonna be when you're still in the league. I'm just, I'm just defending the the franchise and the one player thing. I, I can't. I just don't want them to. I mean, what would, I, okay, what would I, yes, it. What would that say to, to their fan base if all of a sudden they just traded Russell Westbrook and then they ended the big three era of you know Harden, Westbrook, and Durant with none of them. If they didn't have Paul George, I think I would lean more towards your direction. But the fact that you got Paul George because who went, of Russell is healthy. Westbrook. Because of because of Westbrook, yes. And he signed and stayed because of Russell Westbrook too. But but I'm a, such a believer in Paul George to where I think you could get enough value in return and you build around Paul George that you can make it farther in the playoffs without Russ. Yeah, I'm not saying functionally that Russell Westbrook is, you know, this next I mean, I'm not saying he's Dirk either. I'm just saying that you know, for that franchise, for that team, for that fan base, like that's their guy. And yeah, for all it's kind of like Lillard they're... in Portland. I, that's why I, I that I love that he what he's doing in Portland. And is, if this keeps going, and hopefully this is the next step they take, and all those people remember all those people that was grumbling. Oh, they could trade him to the Lakers for Lonzo and yeah. a few people, but get out of here. I mean, look, stay if he stays in Portland, especially if he can make a run, like, yeah, well. Just where they're at right now, it's crazy. The run that they go on. If Houston and Golden State, what if they beat up on each other? There's some in, there's a big injury or something. And let's say Houston somehow beats Golden State and Chris Paul gets hurt or something towards the end. And they pull out that series. A Houston without Chris Paul, which is not, you know, crazy to think about. Houston without Chris Paul versus this Portland team. Yeah, I'm just saying to where if they face Houston in the West Conference Finals. And they didn't have Chris Paul or something. That would be a heck of a series. And if Portland could somehow get past that, like and make some type, if Dame could ever make his championship run, then he would be like Portland's version of Dirk. He would be the guard version of Dirk. I mean, obviously without the like career accolades and like the crazy all time list and all that stuff. But I am with you with that. I, we we love we preach this a ton about Dirk. We love the one player, one team. Absolutely. Absolutely. 41. 21. All right, let's let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's get into some of these teams that got eliminated and some of the players the Mavericks could poach. Poach. All right, Isaac, let's take a look at some of these teams. The first one, the Indiana Pacers, the first team eliminated, swept by the Boston Celtics. Just Wes Matthews did his best to thwart their efforts to try and get a win in the, play, in the playoffs. <laughs> And uh, now the Indiana Pacers. Their cap sheet next season is fascinating. They they have it's nothing. Just like five guys under uh, 
No, literally six guys under contract. They have Oladipo. They have Doug McDermott. Uh, Doug McDermott is going to be their third highest player next year if they don't sign anyone else. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Miles Turner, whose uh, extension kicks in, he's making $18 million next year. Sabonis, so TJ Leaf, Aaron Holiday, and that's it. Everybody else is a free agent. Thaddeus Young's a free agent, Tyreek Evans, Bogdanovich, Darren Collison, Corey Joseph, Kyle O'Quinn. They got to pay Monte Ellis for three more years. <laughs> and then Donald, they do have to pay Monte Ellis. Shout out to Monte. Keep getting them checks, man. Love you, Monte. So some of these some of these players, obviously the, the Bogdanovich connection has been made to the Mavericks. Let's start there. What do you? How are you feeling about Bogdanovich coming to the Mavericks? Paying him last year, he made ten point five million. I'm assuming he's going to want more than that this year. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind Bogdanovich. I, I like him. I mean, he's 29 years old. He shot. Uh, he shot 42 percent from three. That's the part that you like because you want shooters mm-hmm. uh, around Luca and Porzingis and stuff. And I mean, 42 percent from three, you can't beat that. I think he's actually kind of underrated on defense. And you, you can beat 42 percent. I'm just gonna. Uh, you can beat forty two percent, but but when, <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay what he's probably going to get. That that's my thing. It just depends. Like everybody has a price tag, just like my Dirk thing. Like everything has a price tag. I don't want to sell my Dirk uh, montage or my collage <laughs> thing. Collage poster. <laughs> yes, uh, but everything has a price. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's be real, folks. <laughs> let's be real. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of depends. I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get. I really think Indiana's going to dish out the bucks to keep him. To keep him alongside. Because they're in the same boat. They have Oladipo. You want to surround Oladipo with shooters because you want the ball in his hands. So, uh, I would shell out the money, especially if they have the cap this summer. And I think they'll keep him. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I'd be worried about the bogdanovich Luka, you know, pairing on the defensive end. I just feel like that at that point you have two guys that can be sought out in switches and you know there's just a lot of weaknesses there and obviously you can't build a perfect team in July. You know, you can't build a perfect team right away. You're not going to, you know, fill all the gaps and all the holes, but that would be a thing I'd be worried about. I'd be okay with it at a certain price. Uh that'd be fun. I mean, yeah, another shooter, another guy that can score, a playmaker, guy that could get some minutes with the bench, with bench units too and uh and score and there he's as making- well. He's making ten and a half million this year. You know he's going to get a raise because he had a heck of a season. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at uh, let's just say you know fifteen at that point, so is he going to get four sixty four years and sixty million at fifteen a year? Uh, will it be more than that? Well, I don't know if he's getting four years. I mean, he's going to be thirty. I, I don't know. I could see him getting. I could. I could see him getting a decent, decent pay payday. Shout I don't out, think it's going to be a one or two year deal. Shout out to the to the Pacers still paying Al Jefferson last this past season. <laughs> Al Jefferson. <laughs> um, I I think the big uh, one of the bigger because they got a bunch of the, they have Thad Young. I we, I like Thad Young. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that you know for a decent price. I w- I wouldn't mind the Mavericks going after. I, I think the bigger names that some people have brought up a lot and some people have tweeted us about would be like would be the Miles Turner thing. Yeah. Will Indiana ever decide on which one of these guys they want, and do they even have to? They they played them a lot together down the stretch in the last couple of games against Boston. They're really they're really trying it, and I think eventually it'll work. Miles Turner's shot has to improve, 
Sabonis has to at least attempt shots <laughs> outside of the the paint. And uh, yeah, I I feel like they they're eventually gonna work, but two different two different. It's gonna be a hard. They're both both twenty two years old. Two different spots with their contracts. So next year, Sabonis has his last season before he enters that restricted free agency mark the following year. But next year, Sabonis make three and a half where Miles Turner, like you said, his extension kicks in and Turner will be under contract for that $18 million. So uh, somebody tweeted at me the other day and asked, hey, in hindsight, looking at like everything we gave up for the Porzingis trade, if you knew that you could give up a little bit of that, like not everything, and get Miles Turner instead, would you do that? No, I would still get Porzingis. Uh, I think his question was, would like if it meant giving up like Dennis and one first for Miles Turner, would you rather do that than giving up multiple first and taking on Hardaway and all that stuff for Porzingis? No, you said yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but that I think that's where the question was asked, you know, posed to me. Um, but. I am a believer that I think Miles Turner and Porzingis could work oh, heck in yeah. the same front court, heck and yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so how could Dallas get Miles Turner? I think your only shot would be if you get the lottery pick, and would you get it? You know, the pick two through four? I wouldn't trade Zion for him. But if they landed at two, and Indiana didn't go out for free agent shopping for a point guard, would you trade John Morant for Miles Turner? I would. For this team. I would too if I'm Dallas. And would Indiana do that? That would be a question. I'm not for sure. I don't I don't know if that would be the case. It depends on how hard they react to this sweep, right? If they look at this and say, Well, we didn't have all the depot, let's just try to run it back with some of these guys and try to kind of do the same thing. Or how they're feeling about the Turner Sabonis, you know, pairing. They have been trying to play them more beginning of the season. They weren't really playing them a lot together from my understanding. And uh, if they decide that their one big move is to split these two guys, then, you know, I feel like they're going to end up being like the Lillard McCollum pairing where we just keep saying forever, you know, (laughs) they need to trade one of them and then they just never will. And they'll eventually start playing well together. (laughs) If I'm them, Sabonis is the route. And I love them both. I would keep Turner if I'm them and I would roll with, with Turner and Oladipo and whoever you put around them. So could Dallas, should Dallas go after Sabonis in a trade? Once again, I think it does hinge on the draft pick. And would you trade the second pick for Sabonis? Two through four, that's the question. Yeah, Sabonis I, don't know, I don't know about that. 22 years old, this past season he averaged over a little over 24 minutes a game, 14 points, nine rebounds a game. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when the Mavericks signed Andrew Bogut? And the whole talk all off season about Andrew Bogut was that you know Donnie Elson would step up and be like you know he's a good passer and defender and you know we've got our own kind of you know mini version of our Venus Sabonis and they kept bringing up Sabonis's name. <laughs> I feel like every time they talked about Andrew Bogut, our Venus Sabonis was was named, which is Demonte Sabonis's dad. And yes. I feel like the Mavericks would just they would jump on any chance to get that kind, another Sabonis just just because of his dad. Yeah, Donnie loves him so much. <laughs> Okay, here here here's a here's a deal that I think I would land on. Would I trade the second overall pick straight up for Sabonis? Probably not, just because I think you'd have better offers out there. But if I'm landed if I land at four and Indiana calls up and they say, We'll give you Sabonis and the eighteenth pick to for that third or fourth pick. 
Oh, I think I would even do that with two if they're if the, you're you're pick swapping and you're getting Sabonis. See, here's the thing. I think I think, I, I, I think, I think you would get better. better. I think you would get okay. Yeah, yeah. Under that mindset, I think I would do it, but I think other people would be offering more than Sabonis and the 18th pick. Because then, then Indiana would be able to move up to get try to get somebody like an R.J. Barrett to pair with, pair with Oladipo, a Ja Morant, a if they think Jared, if they're a big believer in Jared Culver, somebody like that, or Brandon Clark, or you know, some <laughs> Jared Culver, Victor Oladipo is just the Spider Man meme, but like one's worse. That is true. <laughs> um, so that yeah, I think. Did you see Into the Spider Verse? I did not know it's the like cartoon Peter, Spider-Man. It's like Peter Parker and then Peter B. Parker like looking at each other. <laughs> I need to watch it. I heard it's actually It's a great cool. movie. There's like 10 people that are listening that understood that reference because they went and, go, went and saw that movie. And they're smart people because that was a good movie. Um, so, yeah. Sabonis and Turner, I would uh, I, I favor Turner. But I think either one of those trades would have to hinge on... Uh, because even Indiana doesn't have a bad contract they need to get off of or anything like yeah, they're that. Getting so, off of all of them this summer. <laughs> either one of those well, guys, I think, would hinge on the draft pick. For them, McDermott is a bad contract right now. No, nothing's a bad contract. He they have was, so much cap. Did you watch? He was so bad in that series. But but they have so much cap, though. It'll be fine. They're fine. I'm just saying. He got played out of the series. So, Speaking so, of somebody got played out, do you want to talk about Steven Adams? Definitely. All right, let's uh, let's move to the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is this is uh, oof. This is the exact opposite of the Pacers cap sheet, pretty much. <laughs> it really is. So next season, okay, so he is is paying. This is like, okay, I feel super nerdy, but every time I pull up their their cap sheet, I just laugh, just looking at it. They're paying Russell Westbrook thirty eight and a half million dollars next year. They're paying Paul George $33 million. Steven Adams, 25.8. Dennis Schroeder, 15.5. Andre Roberson, 10.7. Jeremy Grant, 9. Terrence Ferguson, 2.4. And then Hamadou Diallo getting that guaranteed money, 1.4. For a grand total of $137.8 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. Just no free agents, no options. Like Patrick Patterson is a $5.7 million player option. He'll probably pick up. Uh, probably yes. <laughs> that he'll probably pick up. Nerlens Noel has an option that he may or may not pick up for like two million. One hundred thirty-seven million. The the cap next year is one hundred and nine million. So you're already. I mean, that's. I don't know what the luxury tax is going to be next year, but that's probably you're already in the luxury tax next year, and you're in the luxury tax this year, so you're going to be a repeater. They, their their salaries were one hundred forty-two point nine this year. And hundred if hundred one million dollars salary cap. I mean, if they dump Paul George's thirty three million for nothing, yeah, <laughs> they would still be a luxury tax team. <laughs> oh man, for the most part. Um, so yeah, a lot of the conversations right now is what does Oklahoma City do? They just got beat by the Damian Lillard shot four one series three years in a row, which they got put out in the first round. Do they bring back the same team? What do they do? And if we both, a lot of people are pointing towards Stephen Adams, Billy Donovan. What do they do with Stephen Adams? Because one, he did have kind of a down year compared to his last couple. Yeah. And then two, he did get kind of um, what's the best word for this past series? <laughs> exploited. Um, I guess exploited. He, he got played out to, in a sense. I mean, at the end, the last the last three and a half minutes of game five you know 
Blazers Thunder did not have any big men in it. Ennis Cantor was the last big man standing, and he got he checked out at three three and a half minutes left. And they just went. I mean, they just went wings and guards just the whole time. Paul George was the tallest guy on the court, and they just went back and forth, back and forth. And they, I mean, it is it's pretty crazy how how the playoffs work, where it's just eventually you just need all your skill guys and just throw all your skill guys out there. Anybody that, that is not skilled is just going to get exposed. So, would and should and or should Dallas be interested in trading for Stephen Adams? Stephen Adams, he he's just twenty five years old. Even though it feels like he should be like twenty eight, he's just twenty five. But he was the pick they got in the Harden trade. Yes, yes. Next season, next season he makes twenty five point eight million, fully guaranteed. The season after that, his last year on his deal, he makes twenty seven point five, fully guaranteed. And that's two years. That that's not terrible. You know, they're they're yes. they're worst contracts out there. And Stephen Adams and Porzingis, it's the perfect. You know, uh, like the, they're the complete opposites of each other. <laughs> I think that they would complement each other really well. Steven Adams, I think, was third in the league this year in screen assists. He would set so many screens for Porzingis and for Luca, both you know, both ways. He would be able to rebound when uh, I think if if he wasn't playing with Russell Westbrook, he would average like thirteen rebounds a game. And uh, so the the screen assist, the rebounding, the kind of the rim protection, and um, yeah, I, I feel like that would just be a good pairing. The thing is, do you want to make that your only big get this summer? Because that's what it would have to be. Yeah, so how could you get... It would be all about... If Oklahoma City is going to trade him, it's not like they're going to try to dump him just to get under 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 the luxury tax because even if they dumped him, they wouldn't get there. So... It is they they would have to trade him and get some type of player or players to just give Oklahoma City another look to keep them still competing. So the question would be <laughs> I joked I joked to Nick about this last night because some people are talking, even um I guess some there's a podcast I listened to today and they were talking about Adams and would somebody around the league take a chance on Adams and his contract and paying him 27 million, you know, something like that. And I do agree to an extent that I don't think every team would be making a call and saying, Hey, sign me up for it. But I think if you find the right team could, would Oklahoma city swap out a bad contract for him? That is a little bit less or attach something else. That's where it gets interesting. And I joked with Nick yesterday of saying, would there be anything along the table of, or should Dallas consider Tim Hardaway for Steven Adams? Would Oklahoma City, yeah, and who would have to add in more to that? Because <laughs> uh, Tim, <laughs> I just don't know how, what what Oklahoma City's thinking right now and what they would go, you know, go for with that. Because I think that would be roughly what ten more million than what Hardaway's making right now, if I'm not mistaken. Next season, Hardaway supposed to uh, Hardaway supposed to make twenty million, so it'd be about what seven and a half more million. Adams is making five point eight million more. Next season, next season, yeah. Oh, okay. So you'd be paying yeah, five, roughly six more million dollars for Adams than Tim Hardaway. Would Oklahoma City look at it and say, "Hey, this would give us an, a wing, a wing that can maybe shoot it more." 
blah, blah, blah. And would Dallas have to, okay. So here, here's a hypothetical. If you are, cause you're still paying Tim Hardaway another year on top of that at like 19 or 20 or whatever it is, or 21 or I forgot what it, it is. If Dallas got the fourth pick, should Dallas trade the fourth pick and Tim Hardaway for Steven Adams? That's rough. That yeah. that's a, that's a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if it was. I mean, if they would take Tim Hardaway Jr. just for Stephen Adams, I mean, that is that is a coup. Like you just, <laughs> you yeah, just snatched one of the like a player that fits a need that you need so badly. If Tim Hardaway Jr. had a better season this year, maybe I would believe it. But he he did not play well this season. He did not play well for the Mavericks either. He was hurt all season. That is true. That is true. If they if they'll buy that, then. And he is the type of player that they kind of need, right? I mean, even next year they're getting Andre Roberson back, but he's the opposite player of what they yeah. need. They need one Steven more guy Adams, a shot. Steven Adams' numbers this past season, 14 points, 9.5 rebounds, shot 50% from the free throw line, um, 60% field goal percentage, played 33 minutes. Uh, did play in 80 out of 82 games uh, for Oklahoma City. So you... I think the thing is you would have to there would be no no bullpen approach to the center position um because if you're going to pay Steven Adams 20, 27 million then that's going to be your center and then you obviously if you're doing that you're believing in this Porzingis Adams front court thing. Do you want to pay 27 and a half million to a guy that you there's a a chance that your go-to crunch time lineup will not include him because your crunch time end of game lineup uh, will probably look at Porzingis at your, at the five. But here's an idea with Steven Adams too: is that he he would probably save Porzingis a lot of miles, a lot of wear and tear too during the regular season. Absolutely, and that's if, why we are in favor of having a big body down there that can bang with a bunch of these guys. Yeah, because you are gonna see we're gonna see the Porzingis at the five, you know, lineups. You're gonna see that this season. But with Steven Adams there, you don't want you don't want. Porzingis playing the five solely the whole season, and that that's not good for him. Especially a guy that's coming off an ACL injury, has had a bunch of injuries in his career, a bunch of little things like here and there. Stephen Adams is just he like keeps Porzingis and bubble wrap over there on the perimeter. Just just stay over there. <laughs> I'll do this stuff down here. I mean, it, and you get two years. You get two years to decide if that's a a pairing that's worth it. And then uh, you know you, he's not going to be a guy that's like okay, well now you have to give him a raise, right? <laughs> He's not going to be making more than twenty-seven million. So, and and draft picks could get involved with that too, because you know Oklahoma City has right now. I think they have the twenty-first pick in the draft. You know, what if it's Stephen Adams and the twenty-first pick for Tim Hardaway and the thirty-seventh pick? You know, it's something like that. It's where Dallas, you know, moves up. You know, whatever fifteen spots in the draft. They get Steven Adams, but they have to pay a little bit more than, you know, pay a little bit more uh, cap space. Oklahoma City sheds a little bit of cap, gets Tim Hardaway, but they also get a second, you know, they move back 10 spots in that. So the, I think I think fans would be more on board with that. I think I think there would be fan, fans would divide on Tim Hardaway and the fourth pick for Steven, Steven Adams. I think that would be a conversation. Yeah. Because he, yeah. It would be a conversation, I think. And there's people listening to this podcast right now saying, I would do that in a heartbeat. And I guarantee you there's people listening to this podcast right now saying, y'all are stupid. I would never do that. Give me Tim Hardaway and Jarrett Culver any day of the week. 
Tim Hardaway and Jarrett Culver or Steven Adams. That's it. That's the trade. Yes. I don't know about that. Because, because, <laughs> because, in, because in your mind, you're saying, look at, look at who we have. We have Luke and Porzingis. You always want these wings, these wings that can shoot or play defense stuff. Damn so wings. there's, there's people that's th- that are sitting there saying, give me two wings any day of the week over a center that we just saw Damian Lillard put in pick and rolls. And he, he, he looked kind of slower. He, he didn't look fully healthy. What's the situation with him and stuff. But then you get a lot of people. I love Steven Adams and I stand for him so much. He's one of my favorite non-Mavs in the league. So I I will push that he he's a good fit with Porzingis, but I could, I could see both sides of the argument and he's only 25. That's what's crazy about it. If you, here's my thing. If you are fully on board, if the Mavericks are fully on board with Porzingis playing the four and you are okay with the idea that in crunch time, Steven Adams might not be on the floor sometimes, I would do it because I'm that big of a believer in Steven Adams. And I, I just, yeah, I would, I would love, and I'm a huge believer in Porzingis playing the four. I think, I think he can play the four in this, in this league. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting thought. There you go. There's two teams we got through, uh, the pa- the Pacers and the OKC Thunder. We'll do we'll do more of these as the playoffs go on, just looking through teams and you know players that could be available and stuff like that. So there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>